So this morning, I would like to title my sermon as Message of Pentecost. Message of Pentecost. And today, Sunday, May the 20th, is celebrated across the globe as a Pentecost Sunday. We know we don't do it normally, that's the reason we are not excited. So, but we thought, you know, why don't we do it this time? Because we can talk about it. There is so much to talk about Pentecost. So Pentecostal Sunday is the 50th day after the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. If you go back to your home and count the dates from your newer calendar, so the Pentecostal Sunday is the 50th Sunday, sorry, 50th day after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. When was the uh, resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ celebrated in this year? Any idea? April 1st? Yeah, that's a better answer. Good answer, in fact. Right answer. April 1st was the Easter, or the resurrection of our Savior. So Pentecostal Sunday comes and falls on the 50th day after the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning, this is what I want to, I, I want to talk to you. And this is a great opportunity to talk about Pentecost. So this is what I'm going to cover this morning. What is Pentecost? And what happened on the day of Pentecost? What is Pentecost Sunday? What is Pentecostalism? What is the message of Pentecost? So let's begin. What is Pentecost? So Pentecost is a Greek term that simply means 50 days or 50th day. Can you say that with me? 50 days or the 50th day. So let's turn our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 16. There we read in the Old Testament book, Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord, your God, in the place which he chooses. God tells the place where they need to assemble. And three times in the year, all the male of the Israel, they assemble in that place. Number one, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Number two, at the Feast of Weeks. And at the Feast of Tabernacle. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Again, it talks about offering. You bring something into the presence of God when you come. So there are three occasions God wanted the male member of the family to join in the place where God tells them and celebrate these feasts. Number one, unleavened bread. The Passover. And number two, the Feast of the Weeks and the Feast of Tabernacles. Let's turn our Bibles to Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 23, verse 16. Leviticus chapter 23, 16. Here Bible says, Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. So here it says grain offering. And in the first verse, Deuteronomy 16, 16 says that don't come empty-handed, bring something. So it looks like it's a time of grain offering. Bring something into the presence of God. So you remember those three feasts? Feast of the unleavened bread. Are you with me this morning? Feast of the unleavened bread. Number two, the feast of the weeks. And number three, the feast of tabernacles. The feast of week was primarily, it's an agriculture festival. And that feast is celebrated 
at the end of barley harvest, barley gets done, and that harvest happens at the end of barley harvest and before, you know, beginning of the wheat harvest. So barley is done first and then the wheat. So in between is what is celebrated, the festival or the feast of the weeks. And as we read in Leviticus 23, 16, count 50 days from the Sunday after the Passover or Sunday during the Passover. That's where the name Pentecost comes from. So the book of Acts was originally written in, come on church, the book of Acts was originally written in, Good. New Testament books are written in? Greek. Old Testament books are written in? Let's say that again. Old Testament, Testament books are written in? Hebrew. New Testament books are written in? Majority. Major, major portion of the book is written in? Greek. So the original term, Pentecost, that's a Greek term. So that means 50th day. That comes from the Old Testament scenario that we read right, right now. So the English translation, when they translated that English, they preserved the word. Pentecost. I really thank God that they did not translate that word. They preserved the original word, the term as Pentecost. So Acts 1, sorry, Acts 2, chapter 1, that starts this way. It starts saying, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. And this morning, we are celebrating the Pentecost Sunday. And we are trying to understand what is Pentecost. Pentecost simply means the feast of the weeks. And it simply means the 50th day from the Passover. The Feast of Week is celebrated 50th day from the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. What is Pentecost? Let's find out what really happened on the day of Pentecost. Let's talk about a little bit about the Old Testament scenario. In the Old Testament, what is so important about Pentecost? You know, in the very early stages of the Jewish history... The feast of the week had a great significance. Feast of the week, that's nothing but the Pentecost, had a great significance. Remember, listen to this, the rabbis, they really determined God had given Torah. Do you remember Torah? What is Torah? First five books of the Bible. My God. The Bible I'm talking about. First five books of the Bible. Yes, sense, I'm talking about the first five books of the Bible. What are the five books of the Bible? Genesis. Okay. So how many books he said? Oh, just five? Okay. So first five books of the Bible are the first five books, right, of the Bible. That's called Torah. Can you say Torah? Okay, so the God gave Torah, the Ten Commandments, including the Ten Commandments to Moses when? Mount Sinai. And Jewish, you know, traditions or Jewish rabbis, they really determined God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses on the 50th day since Passover. Since they celebrated Passover on the 50th in Egypt, God gave the Ten Commandments, the Torah, to the children of Israel. And remember why Passover was observed in Egypt? Children of Israel, they were under 
bondage. And God wanted to release them from the bondage. And God asked them to slain a lamb. Right? You remember? The Passover festival. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And now, 50th day from there, God is giving Torah. You know, the, the, the Passover lamb was, you know, slain to bring them from the slavery in Egypt. But now the Torah is given. The commandment of God is given so that they will be brought out of the slavery of sin. So 50th day again comes into picture there. So the 50th day is observed as, as Shavuot. Am I right, Debbie? Shavuot? Okay, okay, thank you. Shavuot in every Jewish family. Can you say Shavuot? Okay. Shavuot is there, nothing but the feast of the weeks, the Pentecost. Now, if you go to a Jewish house, they are really celebrating Shavuot now. In fact, that started yesterday. And it continues today and it ends tomorrow. So Shavuot is celebrated in every house. So the 50th day is observed as Shavuot even from the Old Testament traditions. So 50th day, listen to this, as you see in the screen. 50th day, our Feast of the Weeks, God-giving Torah, Jewish Shavuot is the New Testament Pentecost. Can you say that again? The 50th day, the Feast of the Weeks, God giving Torah, and Jewish Shavuot, and that's nothing but the Pentecost in the New Testament. So we are coming from the Old Testament, now into the New Testament. So in New Testament, Jesus Christ after his resurrection, on which day he rose from the dead? Third day. And after that, what happened? For how many days he appeared to the disciples and to many other people? For how many days? 40 days. And after 40 days, what happened? He ascended into the heavens. And it's only 40 days now. Now how many more days for Pentecost? 10 more days. So 10 more days, what the disciples were doing? They were waiting for the Pentecost to come. Right? You know, Peter really forgot now the boat. During that 40 days, Peter was bored, you know, fishing. And now just Jesus appeared and brought him right, set him right. And now, you know, he, he became a real, real, now it's real, real disciple now. And waiting for the Pentecost on the 50th day. And what happened on the day of Pentecost? Bible records that in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. That's what we read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Can you read that now? When the day of Pentecost had fully come, 50th day, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We are not talking about Pentecostal denomination, no. We are talking about the biblical Pentecost. So that's where the Pentecost happened, the 50th day. So we understand what really happened on the day of Pentecost. Let's take it further. What is Pentecost Sunday? What does Sunday has to do with it? So basically, Pentecost Sunday is the 50th day after the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ, as we know. Now, Pentecost Sunday is basically a commemoration and celebration of the initial descent 
of the Holy Spirit. Can you say initial descent? Of the Holy Spirit upon the church. Not only that, the Pentecostal Sunday was also the birth of the New Testament church. Because on that day, the church began. The New Testament church began. How do you know? Because when we read the book of Acts 2, that's what it says. It says 3,000 people got added to the church. How many were there in the church before? Only? The disciples, maybe. There was no formal church. Now, when after the Pentecost happened, when Peter started preaching, 3,000 people got added to the church. So it was also the birth of the church, New Testament church. So not only gift of the Holy Spirit was poured upon people, but it was also the beginning of the church as 3,000 people got added. So today, the mainstream churches celebrate this Sunday as the Pentecost Sunday. But the Messianic believing Jews, the Messianic Jews and the traditional Jews, they both together celebrate Shavuot or the weeks. Shavuot means simply weeks. The festival of the week, which God spoke in Deuteronomy, in Leviticus. That's what they celebrate. So Pentecost is celebrated all around the world. Now let's come to, let's talk about what is Pentecostalism. So Pentecostalism, listen to this, this is very interesting. Pentecostalism was a movement of Christianity that's in fact started on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. And that continued. The way it, was, it continued, it was supernatural. We see the power of God coming upon people and descending the fire of tongues, descending on people and people speaking in different tongues. And Peter goes and then miracles happen. Signs and wonders started following. They continued. They continued. Then if you know a little bit of history, that powerful movement was pulling, attracting because it was a charismatic movement. What is charismatic movement? Something that attracts people. Why people are getting attracted? Because there is supernatural things happening. Today where there are supernatural things, obviously people will go. Right? So supernatural miracles were happening there and everybody was following God. Now this was noticed by Romans, the Roman emperors. They started persecuting the church. At the end of first century, almost the church is completely wiped away from the face of this earth. Persecution everywhere. All the disciples except John, they were, they were persecuted. They, were, they died as martyrs. You know, there are many other men and women of God. Polycarp, you know, there are many other men and women of God. They all died as a martyr. But God initiated the church on the day of Pentecost, which was foretold by prophet Joel. You know, if you can read with me, Acts chapter 2, verses 16 and 18, 16 to 18. This is the prophecy spoken by the prophet Joel, you know, hundreds of years before. And this is what Joel's prophesied. And he said, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is now Peter is addressing the crowd. And he's referring to the prophecy which was spoken by Joel. And this is what he says. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. You know, God, many years ago, through his prophet, he spoke about this day of Pentecost. And that's what exactly happened on the day of Pentecost. 
So we are talking about what is Pentecostalism. So the movement that started very mightily on the day of Pentecost, that was kind of put down by the end of first century by the Roman emperors. And then what happened? Then comes Roman Catholicism. Roman Catholicism that was kind of squeezing the church of God, as church of Christ. That really happened until Martin Luther came in the 50s. 1500s. And then there was the, that was the birth of the Protestant church. Now I'm talking about the Pentecostal movement. We're talking about 1500s when Martin Luther came and started the Protestant movement. Now in late 1800s, there was a movement that started by the name Holiness Movement. Until then, the church was kind of silent. Nothing was happening. Now around 1800s, there was a movement by name, Holiness Movement. I can give you a couple of names. Some of you may be familiar with the A.B. Simpson, B.H. Irwin, Charles H. Mason, and C.T. Jones. They experienced the Holy Spirit anointing again. They called it as a fire baptism. In 1898, remember the years, first congregation of the Pentecostal Holiness Church was formed in Gladsboro, North Carolina. Birth of Pentecostalism was in the early 1900s. 1901, Agnes Wozman speaks in tongues in Topeka in Kansas. Charles Faram calls tongues the biblical evidence for baptism in the spirit. In 1905, William Seymour accepts Pentecostal doctrines from Haram in Houston, Texas. In 1906, First General Assembly of the Church of God was formed in Cleveland, Tennessee. 1906 to 1909, very important period, Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles, California. 1906 to 1909. Pentecostalism started becoming a global scenario under the leadership of Simus, Simus leadership. In 1902, first congregation of the Church of God formed at Camp Creek in North Carolina. Church of God is there throughout, everywhere today. In 1914, this is interesting, Assemblies of God was formed. We are talking about the Pentecostalism, Pentecostal move. 1919, Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, the organization which, with which we are affiliated with, was born. 1919. Remember, we are celebrating the centennial celebration in the coming year of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, 100 years. Now, since then, Pentecostalism started spreading everywhere. Now, if you take one example today, Assemblies of God, there are 13,000 congregations in the United States. 13,000 churches in the United States. There are over 3 million members and adherents. There are more than 67 million Assemblies of God followers, members worldwide, 67 million. So that makes Assemblies of God as the number one Pentecostal denomination today. So what I gave is just a background, a history about Pentecostalism, how, when it started. But this Pentecostal movement is really nothing to do with, or it's just, you know, not the Pentecost experience, the disciples experience, and the early church experience, that's for everybody. 
But now this is a, like, there are many other denominations. This is a Pentecostal denomination. They started it for me. And of course, as you know, there are many other denominations within Pentecostalism after that. Now, finally, this is my message. What is the message of Pentecost? A little bit of background now, what I gave. What is the message of Pentecost? Now listen to this. This is important before we close. The message of Pentecost, as I said, it's not for one denomination. It is for all believers. If message of Pentecost, if it is just only for Pentecostal church, then it need not be in the Bible because this Bible is followed by everybody. Catholics, Protestants, all the other denominations, Salvation Army, all the other denominations, they follow the Bible. So there is a reason why God kept Acts 1, chapter 1 and chapter 2. That's where we are going to spend our time this morning. The message of Pentecost is the same message that Jesus spoke before the day of Pentecost. You remember before the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, Jesus spoke about the day of Pentecost. And angels, they reiterated. That means angels confirmed that once again. Amen? Are you with me? Everybody? Okay? So we are reading from Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 8. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 8. I'll read, listen to this. Bible says, And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded the disciples not to depart from Jerusalem. So we are talking about the message of Pentecost. So as we read this, we are going to get the message of Pentecost. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, they asked disciples, asked Jesus, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus was died. Jesus died and he, he, he rose from the dead. And before he caught up into the heavens, Jesus appeared to the disciples and asked them to wait in Jerusalem. And what was the question of the disciples? Lord, at least, do you restore the kingdom to us? So God is talking about something above, something supernatural. The disciples are thinking about, Lord, when you will start ruling, I want to be the health minister. I want to be the finance minister. Lord, when we'll start ruling, Lord, so that we can start ruling along with you. But God is asking them to wait. You know, today the church is like that, right? God is talking about something supernatural. Lord, when will you give me, give my, what? PR, thank you. Lord, when will you give my PR, Lord? It is time that you need to be baptized. Lord, when will you give my PR? It is time, Lord. It is very urgent, Lord. Disciples were in the same situation. God is talking about spirit, fire, anointing from above. Disciples are saying, Lord, when will you come and rule? And he said to them, this is what Jesus said, If it is not for you to know times or seasons, which the Father has put in his own authority. Isn't it true in our lives? We think that it will happen just right now. We think that it will happen in six months, in one year, but no. 
What is the answer for all our questions? We have been waiting for such a long time. Lord, what is the answer? God says, it is not for you to know the time and season which the Father has put in his own authority. You know, your future is not in your hands, not in even Jesus' hands. It doesn't say that. Jesus, even Jesus doesn't know. Who knows? Father. Father knows when to give, when to take something to or away from his children. Father knows. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria and to the end of the earth. We are talking about the message of Pentecost. Jesus gave that message. What is that message? You shall receive power. And when you receive power, what will happen? You will be my witnesses. Can you say that? Can you hear that from me? From you? You will be my witnesses. Can I hear that again? You will be my witnesses. That's the message of Pentecost. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Disciples did not understand anything. Now, time has come. Jesus had to be taken, away, taken up into the heavens. Acts chapter 1 verse 9 through 11. Now when he had spoken these things, think about it, 40th day, Jesus appeared to the disciples. Now he gave the message of Pentecost to them, that you are going to be my witnesses. And the time has come now. Jesus is about to be taken into the heavens. And verse 9 through 11. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, everybody's eyes were open. Is it open now? Yes? Everybody's eyes are open? Yes. Very well. Thank you, Lenny. Everybody's eyes are open. When their eyes were open, what's happening? He was taken up. And a cloud received him. Jesus was felt, touched, and smelled, and tasted by the disciples. Now suddenly what happened? Jesus was taken up into the heaven. And a cloud received him. Out of their sight, he just slowly disappeared from their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, all the disciples ah, just looking about. Look steadfastly toward heaven. As he went up, behold, who came there? Two men stood by them in white apparel. The message of Pentecost, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into the heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up into the heaven from you will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Message of Pentecost. Message of Pentecost was told by Jesus. You will be my witnesses. Now the angels are reiterating that saying that. Men of Galilee. Why do you stand gazing up into the heaven? They are telling the disciples. What are you looking at? Go and do something. Go and do something what Jesus asked you to do. What are you looking at? You know that was the message of Pentecost. That, this, that the angels are giving 
You will be my witnesses. Go and do something. Do what? With this I want to close. Let's go to Mark chapter 16. Verses 15 to 18. Mark chapter 16. Do what? And he said to them, Go into all the world. Read with me. And preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be contempt. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You know, this morning we are talking about the message of Pentecost. It is not just only for the Pentecostalism, not only for Pentecostal denomination. It is for all of us. It is for those who believe. Jesus told them, you will be my witnesses. And the angels told them, what are you looking at? Go and do something. Do something. Do something. And what do we need to do? This is what we need to do. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he who believes will be baptized and will be saved. And he who does not believe will be condemned. And these are the signs will follow of those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. And they will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, anything poisonous, it's not going to hurt them any means, by any means. And they will lay hands on the sick and sick will recover the message of Pentecost. So I can summarize this morning, the message of Pentecost is this, number one. Can you read that with me? Witnessing Christ. Number two, preaching the gospel. Number three, baptizing people. Number four, casting out demons, speaking in tongues, laying hands on the sick, coming over all those things that are opposing us. Amen? This is the message of Pentecost. Jesus told, you will be my witnesses. And the angels told, what are you looking at? Go and do something about this. Go and do something about this. You know, this morning, we need to do something about this. You know, many times churches believe, these are all only for whom? For the, for the pastors. Church also teaches that. It is very sad. Some of the Pentecostal churches, they don't allow the believers to do any of this. They are accountable. On the day when they stand before the throne of God, God told, these are the signs that will follow anyone who believes. Who are the believers? Who are the believers? First, the pastor is a believer. Obviously, he has to believe. Pastor is a believer. Then, all the board members of the believers... Board members, right? They are the believers. And then church members are the believers. Congregation is a believer. Those who believe in Jesus Christ, they are the believers. And this has to be done by whom? Those who believe. Mark 16. Jesus said, those who believe. So pastors cannot really stop anybody doing this. If you go and pray for the sick, pastor cannot. Stop. If the demons are running, if somebody believers prays, pastor can he stop? Stop? No, he cannot stop. If somebody baptizes somebody, pastor can stop? No. We are all called to baptize. We are all called to baptize. 
Who will baptize when the missionaries go to the, goes into the forest, in the jungle, preaching the gospel? They are going to baptize. All the believers. New Testament church has given freedom for all the believers to do all those things. But only thing is, the problem is we are not doing it. The message of Pentecost is for all of us. It's for all of us. We have prophets. We have apostles. We have evangelists. We have teachers, we have pastors to administer all this. But these are the signs follow those who believe. Those who believe. You know, this morning, what is important is the message of the Pentecost. Witnessing Christ. Just want to close quickly. Witnessing Christ. Few more suggestions here. You know, God has given the gift of tongues for what? God has given the gift of tongues not just to come to the church and speak in tongues and go home. You know, gift of tongues empowers your tongue to speak. Gift of tongues empowers our tongues to speak. To speak what? To speak Christ. To speak about Christ. That's the reason God has given us the gift of tongues. The vocal gift that God has given us. It used to be, it need to be effectively utilized to witness Christ. For that reason, God has given us the gift of tongues. Preaching of the gospel. God has given the power of the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel like Peter preached. You remember Peter preached to the opposing crowd. Baptizing people in water baptism. Casting out demons. Performing signs and wonders. I was talking to the other day, to the missionaries. Went from Toronto to India. Last week we showed their pictures, uh, Rainy and Sini. They were telling me about the miracles that are happening in the mission field there. God is doing signs and wonders there. You know, God performs miracles not inside the church. Nothing will happen here. In the place where it is needed. Miracles are not needed inside the church. Miracles are needed in the hospital. In the prison cells. Miracles are needed in some places where people cannot go. You know, that's where mission is important. And I believe, you know, one thing that our church is not doing is we are not supporting any missionary. Telling to the board, we need to start supporting missionaries this year. We need, or we need to go and do something about it. Miracles and signs and wonders will happen in the place where there is need. Where there is need. And God has equipped us. And today the message of Pentecost is coming to you and me. And God wants us to do something about it. Shall we all stand for a moment this morning?